Praise the Lord. Let's be on our feet as we pray. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy shall never come to hand. Father, we thank you for great is your faithfulness. You are new every morning. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be glorified. You are worthy to be exalted. There is none like you, Lord, the one that created the whole universe. There is nothing that be without your knowledge. Lord, we worship you this morning. We give you praise. We exhort you for your awesome presence in our midst. Take all the glory in Jesus' name. Father, as we go into your word, we pray you will speak to us. You will minister to us. You will open our eyes that we may behold the wondrous thing out of your law in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do in our lives this afternoon. And let no one return back home the same. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Put your hands together for Jesus. Let me greet the person on your right and your left. Say God bless you. God bless you. And you can have your seat. God bless you. Amen. Well, welcome in Jesus' name. Today, by the grace of God, we have a very short time. God wants to speak to us concerning a topic which God put in the heart of the leadership of the excellent men last month. But I was told to take that topic in excellent men. If not for the covenant I have with God, I will have asked Pastor Shane to give somebody help. Because I had an exam. I'm preparing, I have a tight schedule. But because I had a covenant with God, never to say no to his word, to his work. And I went for that message, I prepared that message in a very short time. When I saw the way God was expanding, by the time I got to that excellent meeting, I began to share the word, and after, I saw the impact. I had to go to God. God, it seems, do you want me to share this word with the old church? And he said, yes. Because I know many of you didn't come to excellent meeting, and we have our sisters here. So I believe God has packaged today to meet somebody's need. 
I will just encourage you to be attentive. I need to finish this message today, and I pray God will help us. I will move fast, but please just note it down. When you get back home, you will be able to study more. The title of the message is Determining Divine Direction in Prayer. Determining Divine Direction in Prayers. Jeremiah 33, 3. I read from New King James Version. Call to me and I will answer you. This is God speaking. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Let's read from message translation to further understand what God is saying here. Message translation. Say, call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out of your own. That's the power of prayer. God said, you go pray. I am committed to answer you. And I will show you marvelous things. Things that you cannot use this, your brain, to comprehend. Things that are hidden. And it's only available with God. Every one of us, we definitely have a need of divine direction. In our lives. Except you are not a child of God. We all have questions in our heart that we are asking. We all have issues. They will say, God, how do I go about this? Is it you are asking God, which course as a teenager am I going to do? As a youth, who am I going to marry? Which job should I pick? They have told me my job is, is done in the next few months. What next? Am I going back home or you want me to go to another place? You brought me here. Where next are you taking me to? We have questions in our heart. And they are legitimate questions. And we serve a God that is committed to direct us. He gave us that promise, and further he confirmed it in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Set trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean up on your own understanding. Don't use your intellectual brain to comprehend what is the divine direction I want to give you. Verse 6, in all your ways, not in some, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. In Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13, for I know the thought that I have, that I think towards you, says the Lord. The thought of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me 
and I will lift it. Verse 13. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Which means, if you search him with half your heart, you may not find him. You need to search him with the all of your heart, with an expectant heart, going to him, God, this is the issues of my life. Going to him without having an alternative. Say, Lord, if you don't do it, let it remain undone. One of my father of faith said, anything God cannot do for me, let it remain what? Undone. Because if I go do it, I will crash. The question then is, how will he show me great and mighty things which I do not know? You have been praying. Are you praying enough? That's the first we are going to consider today. You have been praying. But how will he show you great and mighty things which you do not know? What you cannot comprehend with your brain? With your calculation, with your degree, with your PhD, you can comprehend it. I will show you. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led, for as many as are led, I want you to underline that led. It means as many that are guided, as many that are instructed by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. You know what I mean? If you are a child of God, you are entitled to the leading of the Holy Spirit. But are you truly getting that leading? Many Christians have challenges in this area. Inability to recognize its guidance and its direction. Not being able to know the way God speaks and to be able to pick it and implement. Many of us, we are even ignorantly rebuking the divine guidance of God. Like Peter in Acts chapter 10. God said, go preach to Gentiles. Say, no, God forbid. The person that gave the law, Peter was arguing with him. Many of us are in that condition. God is saying, go this way. Say, God, no, you, you don't understand God. That road, there is something bad there. So he said, this is the way I want you to go. When Israel was leaving Egypt, they had a shorter route to take. But God said, no, go this way. If Moses decided to change and he went through the other way, Israel would be a forgotten story today. But thanks speak to God. When they follow the path he said they should take, when they got to the Red Sea, Moses said, God, I have obeyed your word. What next? God said, stretch forth your rod. And that was it. Today I believe God is going to open somebody's eyes. Your understanding shall be open, and there shall be no more dilemma 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. That indecision will give way for different directions today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now I'd like you to be attentive in this meeting. What I'm preaching today is what I've experienced over and over again. And most of even happened in the church. One of our sisters was sharing with us, Sister Zainad, that left a couple of weeks ago. She came to me one, after one of the services. Pastor, what you said today, God had just directed me what I've been trusting God for. God directed me about the issue. And while she was going, she told me, after that message of that day, that she went home and made a decision to relocate to UK. And she has been trusting God for that for long. So I don't know what you are trusting God for today. I strongly believe as this message goes on, God is going to be dropping something in your heart. Amen. About that decision in the name of Jesus. Amen. But be sensitive. Let's go. How to determine divine direction in prayer. Of course, number one is pray. Somebody say pray. A prayerless Christian is a Christian that is not ready for divine direction. You can't pray? Sorry. Say, call unto me. Do your part first. And I will what? Answer you. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Create quality time to pray. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray until you get the answer. Pray until you get the direction. But when you pray, according to Philippians 4, 6 to 8, say pray without worry, without fear, or with thanksgiving. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, whatsoever you have issues in your life, anything you want direction, to the glory of God, there are times I will be in the office. God, and I don't know what to do next on that computer. I'll say, God, I need your help to solve this issue. And you see the light of God comes. So be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request, request be made known unto God. Pray with assurance that God will answer your prayers. Everything you are asking him, you need to go to him in prayer and be sure you serve a God that has promised that my thought towards you are thought of good, not of evil. James 1, 6-8 But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in his way. Let's look at the example of Daniel. Let's talk about this prayer. The king Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 2 had a dream. And the man forgot the dream. And he said, go and call all the wise men in my kingdom. Call them to come and tell me the dream and interpret it. All of them said they couldn't do it. And he said, in hunger, go and kill all these guys. You can imagine. 
People he has been investing in for years said, go and kill them because they could not tell me my dream. But thank God because there was a man in that land. And Daniel went to him when they already started killing people. When they got to Daniel and his friends to kill, I said, wait, wait a minute. What is the issue? What is this king's commander so hard? He said, no, the king wants the interpretation to his dream. So okay, just give me opportunity to see the king. And Daniel walked to the king, said, king, just give me a few time, and I will come back with the answer to your request. What did Daniel do? He went to God, prayed, and at the, the night, what happened? God revealed it. Without being anxious. If you get some, go and read Daniel 2, 12 to 9. Immediately, Daniel went to go and pray. He, he, he talked to the three other guys. Guys, I believe we serve a God that answers prayer. Let's come together and pray. And as they prayed, in the night, God revealed the dream and the interpretation. We need to approach God like that when we have questions in our heart. Remember, he went with a purpose and a God what he requested. Number two, how to determine divine direction in prayer. As you are praying, heart to your prayer fasting. What do you do? Add to your prayer what? I wanted to say it very well. Good. Many of us here, we have issues in our lives. You are asking God for issues, for answers to your request. And you have never fasted for one minute. There's one minute fasting. When you fast, it makes you to be sensitive. To be attentive, to clearly hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. That's the essence of fasting. When you subject your body, you are saying, my body don't control me. My flesh don't control me. I want to be tuned to the Spirit. That's what you do when you fast. So when you have fasting to your prayer, it makes your request get answered quicker. You see the example of that in Daniel chapter 9, 1 to 3. He had a fasting to his prayer and God answered him. Also in Acts chapter 13, verse 2 to 3, let's read that. Acts 13, 2 to 3. As the disciples ministered to the Lord and fasted. When you see other translations, it said, as they were waiting on the Lord for guidance. So what do we do? What next, God? Look at what God said. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Paul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed. You see that? Having fasted and prayed, they lay hands on them, then sent them away. Tell your neighbor, fast. Heart fasted to your prayer. If you want quick answer. Tell him, if you want quick answer. God will help us in Jesus' name. Number three. So your prayer and fasting heart the word of God. In other words, pray and fast with the word of God. Joshua 1 8. 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. If you don't study the word, study it, that you will get the right direction. You study it day and night, you, wake your, you make your ways prosperous, and you'll be able to have good success. The blessing of God that makes it rich and does what? Has no sorrow. Study diligently to discover scriptures that are relevant to your prayer request. That is why you see that when we send our prayer request to you, we put what? Scripture reference. You are asking God for a question. Study the word of God. What is the area in the scripture that I'm, I can hold on and begin to pray, begin to hold, begin to claim, begin to confess it. God, you have said in your word that it shall not be barren. You said it in your word. Lord, you have to do it for me. He said, none shall be barren in the land. You pick the scripture and be asking God. He said, pray without ceasing. We have mentioned it before. Also study how? Day and night. The word of God helps us to understand God's guidance without doubt. Psalms 119 verse 130. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. <coughs> Romans 12 2. And be not conformed to this word, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to know the perfect will of God? You must study, meditate on the word of God. There's another example I want to give us, the example of David. In the Old Testament, God deals with people with a visitation of the Holy Spirit, and it goes back. And we saw David maximizing this opportunity as a prophet that he was. In 1 Samuel 23, 1-12, I'm not going to read it. Between 1 and 12, David used these two examples of getting divine direction from God. He went to God, God, should we go and fight Caleb? God said, go and fight them. They are the enemy of God. The army of David said, oh, we don't think we can win this battle. David went back to God again. God said he prayed. The Bible said he inquired of the Lord. Should I go to fight these people? God said, go. Now when you go down, by the time Abiathar the priest appeared, he came with what we call effort. And when you start in the theology, we have five. Effort in Old Testament means what in New Testament? The word of God. When he brought the word of God, which represents the effort, and David wanted to speak the faith of God again, he said, call me Abiata. Abiata, bring the effort. God, should I go ahead? God is coming. Is he going to kill me? God said, no, he's not going to kill you. Go ahead and fight. So you need to seek the word of God to get direction. Also go to 1 Samuel 36 to 8. 
another example of David going to God. God, what do I do? They have taken my wife, they have taken my children. Should I pursue God's pursue? We surely what? Overtake. And you will what? Take over all. I think that somebody looking unto God for direction. That which God has said it would be your life. As you pursue, you will overtake in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you will recover all in the name of Jesus. Amen. But you know what? It is recorded in the Bible that David never lost any battle. Any word David went for, won. Because he was used to asking God for direction. But there was one word David lost. The internal word. Because he did not have to. When he was tempted, when he saw Bathsheba, David he said, God, should I go and marry her? Should I marry her? We remember later, God said, if you have asked me, David, that you need more wife, I will give you. God said it. I have given you many. If you have asked, I will give you. Now you went to commit adultery. If he failed to ask God for direction. Remember of us here now that you have those of thoughts that you are regretting because of the wrong steps you have taken. So let's go to number four so that we can move. How to determine divine direction in prayer. Engage the Holy Spirit to help you pray. And as you pray, expect Him to speak to you. Romans 8, 26-27 Romans 8, 26-27 Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray. For as we are, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groaning, which cannot be altered, with not word of understanding, not with vocabulary, but with heavenly vocabulary. Now, he that searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to what? According to what? That is why you need to engage the Holy Spirit when you pray. When you pray in the Spirit, you know what you are actually doing? When you pray in tongues, let me be specific. When you pray in tongues, your mind is completely zero. You are only speaking in the Spirit. Because if say a language, you can say, okay, A plus B, A plus B becomes A, B. You cannot comprehend it. So that's why you're able to connect with the spiritual information when you pray in the Spirit. You want to hear God pray in the Spirit for one hour and you see what will happen. If I just pray in the Spirit continuously for 15 hours, I will tell you what happens when you do such things later. Let's go ahead. Pray with understanding and the Spirit. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 to 15. For those of us that don't speak in tongues, let me give you this. Therefore, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. You see that? Not my understanding, not my vocabulary, not my intellect. When I pray the spirit, my spirit prays. And my understanding is what? Unfruitful. They say, but God, I need this stuff. 
I need that job. No, God knows the job you need. He knows what is in your future. And that is what the Holy Spirit does for you when you speak in tongues. I will pray with the Spirit and I will also pray in understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and I will also sing in understanding. When you pray in tongues, it silences your mind so that you become more conscious of the great and mighty thing that God wants to do for you. Let's go to the second part. I will quickly go through two hindrances to determine divine direction. Two hindrances that will not make you get divine direction when you are praying. Number one, laziness. Somebody say laziness. Okay. Laziness or diligently pray, add fasting to heat, search the scriptures. Unfortunately, God is not going to do that for you. They come unto me, then I will what? Answer you. So you don't do your part, you can't get the divine direction. You need to be able to commit time to wait on God. Patiently waiting on God. And this accounts for a lot of frustration that a lot of believers are having. And you see believers guessing, doing, doing plus or minus, fire and hero. God is not a Democrat. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? God just okay, I think this one is God does not think he tells you this is what is going to happen. And whether you like it or not, that is what will happen. Once as he spoken. How many times did you hear it? Twice. Jesus taught us to be persistent in our prayer. In Luke 18.1 Then he spake a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to faint. In other words, men always to be hardworking, to be persistent in prayer. Don't stop asking him until you get the answer. Don't, 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 don't go and form the answer for yourself when God has not spoken. That is even more dangerous. Let me give one example that those three taught me very, very recently. I think it was early this month. Let's go to John 21 to 17. When I go to read, I will just need to paraphrase it. For you to show, to see how persistency will hand you divine direction. Mary got to the tomb of Jesus Christ on that resurrection day. And Mary Magdalene saw the stone that the stone had been moved. She did not enter. She ran straight to Peter and John. When she got to Peter and John, she called them. See, they have removed the stone at the front of Jesus' tomb. Peter and, Je- Peter and John came as men, of course. They went inside. Peter saw the napkins. But they saw everything. Yes, we can see Jesus Christ. Ask me, did Peter and John do anything? He just left and went back home. Can you imagine? People that Jesus was with them for three and a half years. He told them I will resurrect. There was no excitement in them. They were ever afraid they quickly went back home. But you know what Mary did? 
Mary went back to that place. She stayed in the place. The Bible said Mary stood at the front of the throne. And all of a sudden, she looked and she saw two angels. You see persistency? She saw one angel here and there. And when she turned, here is Jesus Christ. And Jesus did something that I noticed. Let's read, please give us verse 17. Jesus had to break protocol because of the persistence of Mary. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascended to my father and your, and your father and to my God and your God. Who was Jesus supposed to tell this? Peter and John, if they have what? Waited. Jesus was not telling Mary. So Jesus was on his way going with his entourage, the angel. Because of the persistence of Mary, Jesus had to stop that operation. No, I have to go and respond to my daughter that is persistently waiting for direction. Are you persistent in the place of your prayer? You pray for just two days, two months. I say, oh God, you are wicked. Well, God is still God. And you are asking for direction. Let's move on. And the second error that we make, not trusting God completely to guide us. So you begin to guess. You say, okay, this is my, okay, sorry, this is not a real, uh, my iPad. You close your Bible. Say, God, wherever I am hoping for, let it be the word you are speaking to me. You say, and you're open. You say, quickly go and hang yourself. <laughs> you know it's in the Bible. <laughs> Praise God. You don't deal with my God like that. You need to sit down, pray fast, and search the scripture. Men of all, we, are, we pretend when God has told you what he wants you to do, but because it's not according to what you like, you pretend you did not hear it. You know, like Gideon. Gideon said, God, do you really think, think I, I can still go and fight this battle? Okay, let's do this, let's do this. I will put this fleece here. Let's what I come today. Let it be on the, on the fleece and not around it. God did it. I'm still afraid though. God, I'm still afraid though. Inside of him, he was what? Still afraid. Okay, God, let me do it. Don't be angry with me, God. Let's do it again. I will not put the fleece. Let water be around it. He was just being afraid. Pretending he has not heard God. Many of us were in that situation. Many of us, we pick and choose. Oh, when it comes to my children, I will hear God. But when it comes to my career, no. I, I'm, a, I'm an intellectual. I, went to, I have a doctorate degree. I can handle that. Oh, it is marriage. No, I have to, I have to look. I have to shine my eyes. The sister must be figure eight. The brother must have billions. God, you can take your phone. <laughs> In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. I say he will direct your path. <laughs> now let's go to where I want to pay attention. How do I determine this communication channel? How does God actually, when you are praying, fasting, studying His word, how does it pass this message across to you? 
How do you recognize this divine guidance when God sends the signal to you? Number one way that God speaks to his children is through the inward witness. Somebody say inward witness. Say clearly inward witness. If you don't remember anything, I want to remember this word in this message. God speaks to every child of God through the inward witness. And what is the inward witness? It's the Holy Spirit communicating with your spirit. Not with your body. Not with your soul. Not with your intellect. Not with your, think- not with your thinking faculty. No. Holy Spirit ministers to who? Your spirit. And you are able to pick the message. The inward witness. The Bible says, out of your blood shall flow what? Liver of living water. Every believer. How do I know? Let me show you. In Romans 8.14. Romans 8.14. Let's read it together. Let's go 16. 16 please. 16. 16. We have read 14. 16. The Spirit is himself. We have what? Witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, if you are born again here, you know, you don't need to raise your hand. How did you know you are born again? How? The Holy Spirit. Isn't it? When you give your life to Jesus, you explain what we call the peace that passes all the standing. If devil appears to you and says you are not born again, you are ready to slap the devil. No, I'm a changed person now. All things are passed away. All things become what? New. You that used to be a smoker yesterday, you gave your life today, and that smoke becomes irritating to you. You that have 10 girlfriends yesterday, the day you gave your life to Jesus, when those girls are coming, say, sorry, I don't need you again. How did you know? The same way God speaks to you through inner witness. He convicts you of your sin as salvation. The Holy Spirit asks you to repent and ask for forgiveness as salvation. And of course, He gives you assurance. The one that only you know, even pastors don't know. You can't explain it to everybody, isn't it? But you watch, you experience it. The Holy Spirit confirms to you that you are what? Born again. That same way the Holy Spirit spoke to you, and you are convinced, you are sure of it, is the same way He speaks to you when you ask for direction. When you want to commit sin, you have a temptation. Who checks you from not committing the sin? The devil? Who? Talk to me. Who? Who? How? Inner witness. Inward witness. The same way we tell you, no, listen, don't do it. That is not for you. You may like to do it, but it's a sin. Don't do it. And it gives you the strength not to do it. He 
checks you. He restrains you from committing sin. The same way he directs you on what God wants you to do. In John 16, 30-14, John 16, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, this is Jesus talking, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to... He will do what? Tells you things to come. I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He will tell you things to. Do you see the similarity? The Holy Spirit. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare unto you. In Acts chapter 27, verse 9 to 10, Apostle Paul, on his way with the rest of the prisoners, Going to Rome, when they were in the ship, and there was someone everywhere, Apostle Paul experienced this inner witness. He had experience with him. Look at what he said in verse 9 and 10. Acts 27, 9 to 10. Now when much time had been spent, and sailing was not dangerous, because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, verse 10, Men, I perceive. Somebody say, I perceive. That is the inner witness. He did not hear any voice. He said, I perceive that this journey is going to end in destruction. I could sense in my spirit that this journey is going to end in destruction. It comes strong in your heart. And it will impress it in your heart. And no, this is what you have to do. This is my will for you. That which you want to do, no, it's not your heart. But the Bible says that's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is what? Destruction. Now, how do you recognize when the inner witness is telling you something and not any other voice? Number one, when you are praying, please be expectant. God designed prayer to be a two-way communication. When of us, we are only used to one-way communication. Let me just tell God, if you like, answer. If you like, doesn't answer. No. When you pray, you need to wait for the answer, and you need to wait for him to open your heart to see great and mighty things which you don't know. So, how do you do that? Each time you are praying, get your writing materials around. Ready? Did you hear that? You are praying. Get your what? Writing materials around. So that when he speaks, you can easily arrest it. Many of us, we have missed divine encounters in the place of prayer. God is flashing a, a scripture to you. God is reminding you of an event. God is telling you something, but your mind is busy thinking of other things. In the place of prayer, you need to be sensitive. You need to be expectant. Because he said, I will answer you and I will show you. You will never miss it again in the name of Jesus. You read Habakkuk 2, 1 to 3. He said, write it. Let's read it. He said, I will climb up to my watchtower. That's the place of prayer. 
I stand at my guard post, place of prayer. There I will wait to see what the Lord will say and how he will answer my request, my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer where? Plainly on tables. So that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Hallelujah. All time has gone. Let me just share some of us. My coming to this land to the glory of God started with what we call this inward witness. I've shared with us before. When we had our first baby, Pamela and then, and my mother-in-law came around to wash our baby, we batting her. Then, I will be telling my wife, my, my love, please, you need to pay attention to the way mommy is batting this boy. Because our next baby, mommy will not be able to come. You will be the one to do it on you. Because it will be in this country. Or if she was giving me that much, and I, I was not applying for anything. Less than six months after that experience, I found myself in Oman. And of course, we can't tell you, pastor don't tell you the whole story. I fasted, I prayed, I have scriptures, lots of it, because I, before I brought myself in. While I was living, every distraction came. I had a job. I was about, I already did the medical in Shell then to join Shell Food. And this opportunity came. And I was taking a fat salary from Adax Petroleum. If you're in Nigeria, you know Adax. I have those two confusions. And the job I'm coming for in Omar, it was only for one year with three months probation. But God said, go. Everything in my house, I gave it out before coming to Omar. Not even, there was no looking back. Okay, okay, in case they send me back from Omar after three months, I will go back. <laughs> no! So God already proved himself. He started how? In a inward way. That's not time to let, let me go to the second point. The second way the second way God communicates to his people is through audible voice. Somebody say audible voice. Say audible voice. Say, Father, open my ears. Say, open my ears that I might hear you. The truth is, there are some directives you want from God that you need audible voice. Now, how will God tell you? <laughs> okay, look, um, you want to buy two cars, right? You want to buy a Ferrari. And uh, I love giving God bless you, Pastor. <laughs> Which one should I buy of the two? <laughs> you need audible voice to say, My son, go for Lamborghini. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So God occasionally used audible voice. But let me get to take this clearly because of time. The primary way is what? Inward witness. Audible voice is only for few individuals. Even go and ask men of God that are mightily empowered, anointed. God is not a talkative. God is not what? 
God is God. The time my father-in-law was saying, uh, the man of God would say, God talk with me for three hours every day. Oh! God is not a talkative. You only say one. You do your part and it will tell you the next. Praise God. Praise God. And of course, when God gives you the revelational gift that we have in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10, the gift of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, you can hear from God directly. You see the example of that in Acts 9, 4. Acts 9, 4. And Paul fell to the heart and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why hast thou persecuted me? Acts 9 4, 9 4. And of course, when you go to Acts 27, 21 to 24, you will see Paul again later on, after he perceived. Remember, he perceived at the first time when he was on his way to Rome. But when he got to verse 27, verse 21 to 24, I've just jumped to verse 24, Acts 27, 24, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. No, let's, let's start from 23. 23, please. Oh, it's up. 23. Acts 27, 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid. Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those that stay with thee. So the first one was what? Inward witness. The second was what? Clear revelation. And the God spoke to him directly. And of course, take note, the devil too speaks. That's why you need to be very careful. The devil gave Jesus scriptures. Did you hear that? The devil too speaks audibly. There are people that have those, those terrible words, but they will hear, go and commit suicide. There are people that they heard it. The devil spoke to them. That is why when you are looking for signs, you are looking for audible words, be sure it is God speaking to you. Other ways that God speaks to his people, communication channel, through vision, through trance and dreams. Joel 2.28 And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams. So there are people that have vision. Vision it's just a spiritual video. Simple. Spiritual what? Video. Trance is more or less you are half awake. And Peter experienced that. When God was speaking to him in Acts chapter 10. And dream, of course, all of us will dream. Anyway, not all of us. Many people don't dream. <laughs> Praise God. Again, please, as a child of God, pay attention to your dream. I know many people are afraid of dreams. Yes, it is true. You can have dream because of what you are thinking. The devil can give you dreams. And God can give you what? Dreams. So you need to be able to discern, is it God that is speaking to me? So somebody was saying, just like Joseph. Joseph had a dream. Fantastic dream. And he went to share it. By the time he shared it with his folks, he said, no, this boy, no, we're not going to allow you. Joseph said, God, I will sleep again. Give me another one. <laughs> He was not afraid. Say, God, give me another one. God spoke again. God will speak to you again in the name of Jesus. I said, God will speak to you again in the name of Jesus. For the glory of God, 
while I was on, my, on this journey of deciding where to relocate to, I have two options, Australia or Canada. And of course, I can't tell you have any months of praying, fasting, and the rest. It was strong. Which one, God? And one night, the heavens opened. And God showed me the house I would stay and the company I would go to work in Canada. So God speak to what? And to the glory of God, that house, my family stayed there. The first house we stayed while in Canada. That house. And that company, I'm going there very soon. And you will go to your own very soon. I said, you will go to that whatever God has promised you, you will take delivery of that word in Jesus' name. Okay. God also guides through revelation, through men of God. I've given you the example of Sister Zainab when he had God speaks through messages, through books, through prayers, through prophetic declaration, through counseling. And let me tell you this, in the New Testament, most often than not, the way God speaks to us is you get the message first. And men of God now help you to what? Confirm it. We are not the, 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 when Jesus Christ died, what happened on the cross? Immediately he gave up, what happened? The curtain was opened. So you have direct access to the Holy Spirit. So when you are coming to the man of God, you should have prayed. And God, I need your, I just need confirmation. There's nothing wrong with confirming. Let the man of God confirm for you. Then you will be able to hold that decision. That is why it is wrong for a man of God to say, Brother, let me not call somebody's, call somebody's name here. Brother, something. Your wife is sister, something. No. But when the problem comes, you say, Pastor, you are the one that joined this marriage. <laughs> you are the one that gave me the sister. No, God doesn't do that. However, there are times God will use men of God to speak a word to you. Even after that, go back again. You will say, God, is this your word or not? But there are false teachers in this world that we have. And Jesus said, you should test what? All spirit, whether they be of God. Let me just read this scripture for you. Isaiah 30, 20 to 21. I'm sure it's going to help somebody. Isaiah 30, 20 to 21. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, Yet, your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. But your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in him. Wherever you turn to the right and wherever you turn to the left. That is why you need to be sensitive during messages. When the sister was telling me, that what she heard that day, she actually heard it after the communion. I was called to come and round up the communion. And the Holy Spirit put that word in my mouth. I spoke it and that was what he, she used to confirm the decision for, for him to relocate. That's why I pity people that come late to church. I've seen people that have shared testimony of having encounter during praise worship. You, you are just walking to church after praise worship. Say, I only want to hear the man of God for the message. But God already spoke the word he had for you that day. During praise worship, or even during opening prayer. 
Okay, let's go to this with random. I'll just go through these two. How to confirm that the word is actually from God and not from the devil? That's very straightforward. Make sure you confirm with the word of God. Anything that is against the word of God is from the pit of hell. It is not for you. Did you hear that? Go to the word of God and confirm it. Number two way to confirm, you will express the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. You express what? The peace of God. Any word you hear that you are having confusion, watch it. God is an orderly God. He's not an author of confusion. That's what to confirm it. You need to be aware of the red light. Just like the way you want to commit sin. The Holy Spirit says, no, you can't do that. The same way you want to take a step. You want to decide. There's a Holy Spirit, the way Holy Spirit will speak to you. No, don't take that decision. Don't resist him. Please cooperate with him. Our time is gone. Let's see. And of course, seek counsel from trusted men of God for safety, from error, from mistake, from deceit. Proverbs 11, 14. We are that so cancer, the people fall. But in the multitude of cancer, there is safety. You want to take a decision that's nothing wrong in you seeking cancer for men of God. To pray with you, to cancer you, to help you to see God's face and to join you in prayer. You have that facility in this church by the grace of God, which makes use of it. And of course, finally, implementation of divine guidance. Many of us, this is one area that we, many of us are actually in this stage right now. God already spoke A, but you are waiting for B before you obey A. God does not work that way. Do you understand that principle? God has given you letter A. Now this is my direction for you. They say, God, until you give me letter B, I'm not going to move. Sorry, God does not move that way. When God told Father Abraham, Go sacrifice Isaac, your son, the one you love, not Ishmael. Immediately the following morning, God did not tell Abraham, don't tell your wife, Sarah, don't tell her. God did not tell him. But immediately he took whatever he needed to take and was on a journey. But I am sure for those three days, Abraham was on his way to the mountain. He must have been praying, God, is it you? God, please change your mind, though. change your mind, though. but he was going. Isn't it? God change your mind. You can I've never heard that you, you, you accepted the sacrifice of human beings. God, please change your mind. He was on his way obeying. And what happened? Did God tell him he has prepared the ram? He only saw the ram when he got there. Until you move with the information God has given you, don't expect the beast. The only thing I use that to express all. Whatever the Holy Spirit has told you, please take the step immediately. Did you hear that? This is another example in Israel. Let, let me, let, let's read that. In, when God said, Joshua, go take the promised land. You remember those twelve spies that were sent? What they said? And they're like grasshopper. Look at what God has actually gone ahead to do. 
when eventually they go to Jericho to cross over, Joshua sent two spies to the land. Look at what God has gone ahead to do, and they didn't know. Let's see. In, Gen- in Joshua 8, Joshua 2, sorry, Joshua 2, 8 to 11, I'm just going to read verse 9, Joshua 2, 9, and, and said to the men, this is real, the elder they said in the house, I know that the Lord has given you the land. This is enemy talking. That the terror of you has fallen on us. Did you hear that? God already gave them the hay. The beast remained. He has not told them all this. God did not tell them. And that are the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Let's go to verse 11. As soon as we heard this thing, our hearts melted. Did God tell Joshua this? Hello? But God has gone ahead to do this for them. So the moment we heard that you, are, you guys are coming, our heart melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in any world because of you. For the Lord your God he is God in heaven, above and on earth. Even many of our enemies, they know the God we serve more than we know Him. Hello? Hello? Well, here are you being afraid. Tell somebody, take that step. Tell somebody, take that step. And God will prove Himself in the name of Jesus. And finally, the first thing that God spoke to Paul was, Paul, Paul, why are thou persecuted me? The same thing, Cornelius. The first thing that God revealed to Cornelius is, Cornelius, you are praying, you are doing everything, you are coming to church, you are there, but you are not born again. I cannot help you. I cannot direct you. And I see God saying that to somebody here this morning. Your prayer, you have been coming to church. You have been trying, you are struggling. But you are not born again. God cannot lead you. But many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the Son of God. If you are not born again, you are not the candidate for God to direct. The devil will direct you the way he wants. And if your own case is you were once born again, but you have, you have gone back, you are in the baptism state, God is asking you to come back. God cannot, he said your prayer is an abomination to him. You know what abomination means? When you are praying, you are actually attracting curses to yourself. Let's read that. Isaiah 59, 1 to 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save. Nor is he heavy, that he cannot hear. But your iniquity have separated you from your God. And your sins have eaten his faith from you, so that he will not hear you. I want every heart bowed. And you are going to go ahead and be praying that God will open your eyes to know the direction that you so need. But if you are here this afternoon, you know you are like Paul. You are not born again. God is interested. He has spoken to you like he spoke to Paul. When he called Paul, Saul, Saul, why have thou persecuted me? God said, you are here. What do you want me to do? Somebody wants to be, you want to be sincere with God. 
You want to say, God, I am sister with myself. I am not born again. I am not your son yet. I am still committing sin. If you are here, I want to put your right, right hand on your chest. I begin to pray. Now, God, please forgive me of my sin. If you are doing that, I want you to put your right hand. I truly pray that prayer. You want to be sincere with God. That God, I am I'm struggling with sin. My life is not right with you. I am struggling with sin. I have this. Lord, please help me. Or you have never even given your life to him at all. Say, God, please help me. Accept me as your son. Accept me as your son. I surrender my life unto you today. If you are praying that prayer, I want to pray with you all of your heart that God, please help me. Help me, Lord. You see, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are only the sons of God that He will direct. I want to direct me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And if you are praying that prayer, I want to say this prayer after me. Say, say Lord Jesus, please forgive me all my sins. Wash me clean by your blood. I confess all my sins today. Please accept me as your son. Accept me as your daughter. And show me the way to my future as you have promised. Help me to live a holy life from now on. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let's be on our feet. Please, can we have Isaiah 58, 11? Isaiah 58, 11. Before we have that, when Daniel prayed, when Daniel prayed and God revealed that secret, in Daniel 2, 19-23, the first thing Daniel did was to appreciate God for the divine direction. Many of us, we are not in the attitude of appreciating God for the hay he has shown you. You are only looking for the bee. But God does not work that way. You need to learn to appreciate him for what he has revealed to you. Then he will be able to reveal more to you. So gratitude. Somebody say gratitude. Is the guarantee. For continual flow. Of divine direction. And God will help you in the name of Jesus. You need to have a heart of gratitude. For the little God has revealed to you, then you position yourself. And again, many of us, our mistake is, when the Holy Spirit gives you that inward witness, you say something. No, don't call the Holy Spirit something. If you're a child of God, who reveals to you? The Holy Spirit. You can't call the Holy Spirit something. No. If you are truly a child of God, say, the Holy Spirit reveals to me. The same will reveal to you not to commit sin. Did you hear that? That is how to be appreciative. Let's read and we pray to declare this. We are going to, we are going to personalize the scriptures. Isaiah 58, verse 11. Isaiah 58, verse 11. Say, the Lord will guide me continually. That's how I'm going to read it. The Lord will guide me continually and satisfy my soul in joy and strengthen my bones. The Lord that I shall be like a water garden and like a spring of water who waters do not fail. Go ahead and begin to pray that prayer. Say, Lord, I know you will satisfy my soul. You will guide me continually. I will never be stranded in my life. Every spirit of indecision I curse in the name of Jesus. No more be stranded in the name of Jesus. I declare divine direction to everyone trusting God for a way house for the next step. In the name of Jesus, 
I declare your eyes open. I declare your ears open to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. No more confusion. No more mistake. No more regret. No more frustration. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Wow. What an epistle in divine direction. No more errors. I didn't hear your amen. In the name of Jesus. No more errors. You know, pastor said at the beginning that excellent men came to him and said, I hope you paid attention to that because I'm the face of excellent men. <laughs> Praise God. And said, determining divine direction in prayers. Praise the Lord. Now, excellent men has a vision. It is that vision that drives everything we do. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Praise the Lord. So if you have ever caught anything today, catch that one, that you need a vision for your life that drives every step you take, every move you make. We are not directionless beings. We have a God that wants us to have the best and knows how to get us there. And we will get there. In the name of Jesus. Once again, let's thank the Lord for what he has said today. What he has reached out to us today. It's a word in due season, sir. A word in due season. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' precious name. Lord, we pray for your son and your servant that you have used to bless us today. Let everything that you are doing in his life and his family, Lord, let them see your glory in the name of Jesus. Take him deeper in your world. Reveal to him again your mind for us in the name of Jesus. Lord, help him to help us see all that you have for us in the name of Jesus. And we pray for the leadership of this church. Every pastor, every, every elder, every leader, father, none of us shall be directionless. Help us, O oh God, as leaders to know your will so that we can help your people to find your will. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Please let's understand that Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3 is very simple. Call unto me is our responsibility. And I will answer you is God's responsibility. There are no irresponsible Christians. God is a responsible father. We can't afford to be irresponsible. Grace to stand strong in the place of prayers. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Grace to be responsible. Seeking God before every step. So that we end up in glory and not shame. Receive it in the name of Jesus. This week you will hear good news. This week the step to take 
to end up in your highest place in destiny. God will show it to you in the name of Jesus. You will not crash your journey. You will not wreck your ship. You will not capsize your boat in the name of Jesus. Go in peace. Return with testimonies. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we are praying. Let's share the grace in fellowship. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall ever and ever. Amen.